what are you reading? She's like, oh, CNN. And I go, hmm. And she goes, stop with a hmm. Yeah. It's like Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Lewis, mm. what are you looking at there? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, it's uh, uh, it's Tuesday, uh, and uh, and and that means it's uh, it's time to start this show, this this on taking pictures show. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris uh, from Faded and Blurt, and uh, with me the uh, the returning the re- the the returning Bill Wadman, the the triumphant return. <laughs> Of uh, of Bill Wadman, I, sur- uh, you, I survived the desert. Yeah, yeah, you survived the desert. Although I'll tell you, okay, well, I'll, I'll, you know, maybe a, a story or two will come up in the course of the show. But at the end of the trip, I had to, we had to fill up the tank, you know, to like bring it back to the to the, to the car rental place, the rental car. Yeah, yeah. okay. And uh, and you know, how, like almost always, invariably, there's no gas stations right next to the the airport. They're sure. always like you know away from the airport. So. We finished dinner and we it was really early. Our flight wasn't until like ten o'clock, but or no midnight. But we had nothing. No, what, to, what city is this in? Where uh, are you Albuquerque. At? Okay. And there's nothing to do. Well, nothing that we wanted to do in Albuquerque. Like we went for this nice dinner at this like pizza place that was actually really good. And uh, we finished at like seven thirty, and we're like, what are we gonna do? Like just drive around to Albuquerque for? Let's just go drop the car off and we'll go sit at the airport. You know what I mean? Like get a drink or whatever. Sure. So, so we were driving back to the airport and there was an exit to get off <clears throat> and, uh, and it was the exit before the airport and I'm pretty good, like knowing where I am in relation to stuff. And, and I got off and I was like, there's gotta be a gas station. Like, I'll just go down this way. And I take a right and I go, I don't know, quarter mile, half mile down the road. And there's a gas station on the corner and I pull in and I swear to God, Jeffrey, it was like a scene out of breaking bad. <laughs> what? There was, <laughs> there was like it was so shady. It was it was like a gas station I really should not have put my credit card in without a condom, you know, like <laughs> you know. And wow. like then this guy like pulls up in in this this like kind of like, you know, beat up uh Honda Civic with like a, a you know, uh, what's it called on the back like a big muffler and a spoiler. And the guy gets out and he looks like he could be slinging, you know, meth like it was wow. it was and yeah, and then like this other guy comes up and like wants to wash our window. And then this other group of guys are in this car and like catcalling Heather inside the car. And I was like, "Where the hell am I? Like I'm in a whole other world." <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was really funny. But we survived and we lots of stuff we brought the car back and the guys just like, "Did you happen to grab the the odometer reading off thing when you dropped it off and I was like yeah it's whatever it's 50,000 whatever and he's just like that can't be right and I was just like why and he goes you drove 2,600 miles in 10 days and I was like yeah yeah we yeah. did but uh yeah it was good no you don't get charge mileage <laughs> no 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 it was fine yeah we we I think we won in that equation you know, four hundred dollars yeah. for the car, and we drove twenty six hundred miles. Yeah, that's a lot of driving. Yeah, we did a like, lot of damage I, to that I, thing. It, I, I couldn't do that kind of. It's you know, it, it's it's boring driving. It is, it is, and then the, the, the sort of romance of a road trip. I, I, I romanticize that quite a bit, but the reality of it is, I'm good for you know, if I'm driving, yeah. I'm good for about three hours in a car, and then I'm done. Well, that's. I mean, is that about the distance to your dad's old place? Yes. Yeah. See. And that, and that's the thing. I mean, there would be four, sh- yeah, three or four, right? And there would be stretches. There would be days when we did like two hours. Now, then we go to a place and we drive for another forty five minutes, and then we stop, and then we go for an hour and a half, and then we go for another two hours after dinner. You know what I mean? Right. It was like that kind of thing. So it wasn't all like one big stretch. But we went to Carlsbad Caverns. We went to Roswell. We went to White Sands. 
we saw we went to this rock shop where you could buy trinitite, which is the right. glass, you know, made by the first Trinity test explosion, nuclear explosion there. Um, we went to the VLA, the very large array of telescopes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you saw them move. They, they reset the array. Yeah, we saw them moving, which yeah, was really cool. cool. And very but cool. you know what? The, the one thing that I noticed in New Mexico, just to round that out, is the the poverty next to the wealth. Like mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere, it is abject poverty. Like towns where everything's closed except for one gas station on the intersection between two routes. You know. <clears throat> um and then, you know, even up in like Taos, it's it's Pueblo Indians in the Taos Pueblo, you know, who don't have running water or heat in the Pueblo. And then two miles down the road, it's, you know, people selling forty thousand dollar vases you know indian vases and stuff and you're just like this is insane and somebody said well it's you know there's there's huge wealth differential in say new york or whatever it's like yeah but you know we all take the same subways and walk the same streets like this is segregated in a a really extreme Hmm. way you know interesting um but i mean overall i there was a lot more to do there than i imagined and i I, that sounds like a slight but it's not it's you know we we filled every single day we hiked up into you know uh like the um uh the cave dwellings you know Sure. And, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and climbed all these ladders. You have a heights thing. I have a heights thing on, on things that are man-made. I'm okay on rocks and mountains and things okay. like that. Cause there was this, there was this one place in, um, I forget what the hell it's called. Uh, oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Anyway, we were in this national park or this national monument. And, uh, and we're, there's this place where you can climb up 170 feet up to sort of this rock out, this like dugout thing up there, you know, where they have a Kiva and, you know, it's a holy place or whatever. Sure. And, but you, you climb four of these wooden ladders to different terraces to get up there. And some of the ladders are like 20, 25 feet. And like, I don't like heights. You know, uh, okay. it's, it's, you know, what it is, it's, it's, you're like, you're two thirds of the way up and you just kind of glance down and you get that little bit of a <laughs> vertigo where you're like, all of a sudden your hands grip the, the railing yeah, a little harder yeah. and you, but you see, you know that like it's you and you're, you have four things touching. You have your feet and your hands. Like as long as you have like three of them touching at any one time, you're fine. You know, like the, the yes odds of something, no. you know, yes yeah, no. something could really scare you and you let go or whatever it is. But like the chances of that are pretty low. I know it's just, it's just funny how, I don't know. It's like these, these built in sort of, uh, um, reptilian brain kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they get I, going. I don't know, man. I, I fell off a ladder in college. Did you where, uh, on the, th- on the <clears throat> stage in the theater. Did you have a fear of heights after that? Uh, well, I, I didn't like it. The ladder moved. The ladder started moving. I was, I mean, I, I had the four points, but the ladder moved and out I went into the audience. Really? Yeah. That's see, that's, that was not fun. Yeah. That, that's pretty terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I'll, I'll give you that. That's a oh, bandolier national monument is where it was. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, but overall really cool. And we stayed at like an Indian casino, you know, like a nice thing and it was fun. Um, but I'm back. Did you at, shoot? Uh, I shot, I took like 300 pictures. I didn't take okay, a, well, that's I, not, a that's ton. not bad for you. Over the course of 10 days, 30 pictures a day or so. That's not bad for you. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of it was, you know, Conrad in front of this, that, the other thing, or the two right, of us right, or right. whatever. You know, what's actually crazy is the Carlsbad Caverns, uh, you know, because they go down miles. You know, you hike a mile to get to the main big room just inside the cave, you know. 
Right. And like, that's just nuts. <laughs> you know, that, and it was some kid who discovered it in 1898 or something like that. Just walking up in the hills with his horse found it. Uh, did I ever tell you my, my, my Carlsbad cavern story? What's your, you have a car. Are you the one who found it? No, no, no. Oh, I'm not okay. The one who found it. Uh, uh, were, okay. were you friends so, with the kid who found it? Andre? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is, this is just me as a complete idiot. Okay. So, uh, I I'm in college and, uh, my, my then girlfriend and I go down to San Diego for the weekend. And, and there is a town there called Carlsbad. <laughs> <laughs> so I say, Hey, we should, we should go to the caverns. We should go check out the caverns. And she's like, yeah, okay. That would be great. That'd be great. You know? So we get there and we pull into this gas station. I'm like, Hey, how far are we close to the caverns? <laughs> and the guys, the guy's like the what? I'm like the caverns, you know? And he's like, Oh, come on. He hasn't been asked that before. He's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. So I get back in the car and she didn't, she's like, oh, are we close? I'm like, idiot. He doesn't even know where they are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, all indignant. Right. So we go to another gas <laughs> station. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we go to another gas station and uh, I, same thing. I'm like, hey, are, where are we close to the caverns? How do we get there? And he's like, the what caverns? I'm like, the Carlsbad caverns. He's like, oh, you mean the ones in Carlsbad, New Mexico? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I go back out to the car and she's like, so are we close? I'm like. Turns out there's a Carlsbad in New Mexico. And she's like, oh, <laughs> you're such an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's you know, and and the thing is, there's so much of this stuff's like in the middle. From Carlsbad, we drove to El Paso. It's like two and a half hours, and there is nothing, nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing for two and a half hours on these roads. It's funny, like being like in a rope to the floor and just go yeah. to sleep. Yeah, yeah, like, be, be, I mean, you know what it is? It's like in the East Coast, you can't drive two hours and see nothing. Out right. West, you can, you know. Um, big oil boom around Carlsbad, too. So there were, like, people uh, at our hotel who were came in in the morning, like, in coveralls, who had been working all night, staying at the hotel. Wow. out in the oil fields, huh? Weird. Yeah, with, like, and they went and picked up, you know, like, the, the free breakfast at hotels. It's like yeah, those yeah, sure. pre-made omelets and that kind of stuff. And the guy had, like, four omelets on his tray Nice. Like, like been up all night and stuff. Yeah, working his butt off. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so yeah, I took some pictures. I put a few up on my on my uh uh blog. I'll I'll put a few more up. The ones I put up were like non uh Conrad and I ones, but I'll okay. put a few okay. up that are that are, are a little bit more. But yeah, it was fun overall. Super good. Long, super good trip. But we're back and we have lots to talk about. What do we got? Yeah. Hey, uh speaking of national parks. Yeah. Segway. This this the uh, do you see this? This kind of bums me out. I, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I, I love the street art. Yeah. I love uh, graffiti. I, I love that. But this this kind of bums me out. Why don't you Why don't you set this up? So on Sydney, this actually happened last night. I, was, or I, I found out about this last night. Uh, so I'm sitting here, and and Elvison kind of goes, "Stupid woman!" Blah 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 blah. blah, 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 blah national parks. I'm like, "What are you What are you talking about?" And she's just like, "There's this woman who's going into national parks, painting." on rocks and then taking a picture of them. And I was like, right. what do you, and, and she's going, she went to like crater Lake and, uh, and, and Yosemite and, you know, I mean, all, all of the, all the biggies, you know, yeah. Uh, Canyon lands and over Creep, creepy things yeah. is what she's and, signing them as. And it's funny because when I first looked at it, I go, you know, that almost looks like it is, um, chalk, you know, like sidewalk right. chalk. Right. And, as as much as this offends me, if it was sidewalk chalk and was going to wear off in the next rain, whatever it is, that's at least something. That's something. 
But right. she's using like acrylic paints. Yeah. So creepy tings, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know what it is? I think we, I mean, we talk about, and we have a few stories coming up about um, street art and taking pictures in public and that kind right. of stuff. But you know what? This isn't your freaking canvas. It's a national park. Yeah. You know, it's the same way I feel about the whole people who were pissed about not being able to use the, um, what are they called? The, the, the drones, the little, Oh, sure. What are they called? Well, What's the yeah, word drone. For? drone. Is that what they're right. called? That w- when people just have them personally? Yeah, like the, the, the one that, uh, that, that, that the guy lost control of and it, it fell into the hot spring? Yes. Yeah. Crap like that. It's like right. you're So now an they've got to figure out a way to get that thing out. And... Out of the thing that hasn't been touched by humans in 10,000 yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like now you. Now we've got to go get a lithium battery out of the thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> it's sort of, I, it's just, there's a certain level of reverence that I have for these places that this offends me. You know? Uh, yeah. Now, why? Just to play devil's advocate, yep, sure. why is this different than the side of a building? Now, I don't. I don't agree with this at all. Yeah. I think, as I said, I think you're, you know, kind of an idiot for doing this. I think this is uh, different. Th- I think it's different than the side of the building because this is this is every everyone owns this. This is okay. this is the. I see the parks and and equal places in other countries. Um, these are these are as sacred a places that I, as an atheist, believe. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these are beautiful places we put aside so that they're there for the, our kids and our kids' kids and our kids' kids' kids because sure. they, they are the most beautiful. For their own sake, right? Sure. And and for you to go in there and paint on them, it's just like that's this isn't your canvas. Right. This is a national park. You know, if you would like to bring a canvas into the national park, paint on it, take a picture of it sitting on an easel, I'm more than happy to be all right with that. Sure. You know. It's funny, though, because a lot of the things that we saw, I mean, the area that we were out in New Mexico, there's petroglyphs all over the place, you know, so basically people writing on rocks for hundreds and millions of years, you know, right. So, I mean, those things exist. So what what would you say, just uh, again, to continue this, uh, to this woman, if, if that's her response? Well, hey, you know, people have been painting on rocks for thousands of years. How how am I any different? You know what? If she went out into the middle of the desert onto even even lands that weren't national parks but were like national forests, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like out into just mm-hmm. like public wilderness because there's tons of it out there. I mean, most of Utah is <laughs> like unused space, you know? Right. That's fine. But like, come on, leave inside a national park. Like, leave it alone, lady. I don't know. I just it's almost like carving your initials into the giant red. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. I just for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. I just I I put it in the thing just because I thought you'd get upset about it too. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of am. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, permission for strangers take their photograph. What do you what? So, uh, Philip, I can never Lorca de Corsia. Yeah, I can never say his name. I found this kind of interesting. It Uh, is interesting. We've talked about this uh, uh, several times on whether or not to ask or not to ask. And uh, Lorca de Corsia took a a photograph. He had a, a, he had a camera uh, set up in, in New York. Times Square, Uh, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And was capturing images of people in crosswalks and walking across the streets. And he happened to, uh, hold on a second. Can can I just say, apparently he had a, it was in like a, uh, he had a flash up inside of a, um, uh, uh, scaffolding like that was already there pointing at a particular spot and actually wrote an X on the ground, like with tape or with you know, yeah, paint or whatever had, it is had tape on a, so on that he side. knew exactly yeah. when the person was going to be in focus and had a camera like rigged up, you know, 50 feet away or whatever it is. 
and was just taking sort of pictures when people hit the spot. Right. Is that fair? I just wanted to, I just want to give a better sense of how he did. I wonder if he was actually at the camera or had assistants do it or was doing it remotely. How how far away from the camera was he? I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Was he a hundred feet away or a hundred yards away and using a really long lens or anyway. So the people were just coming in. They happened to hit the spot, hit the mark and pop. Pop, right? Pop, and the people probably didn't even really notice because a flash, little flash goes off. You don't see the camera, you know. Right? Could have been you a think, display it, window or something. Yeah, or a reflection from a car window. Yep. Yep. You know, hitting the sunlight just light, yeah. just right. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, go ahead. Uh, sorry. So, so the, it, what happened? One of the subjects was uh, a rabbi, and the, the rabbi saw the resulting photo and I can't remember where I think it was in an exhibition. He saw, it. yeah, I think it was in an exhibition. He was uh, a ret- Orthodox Jew, retired diamond merchant from union city, New Jersey. Yes. Saw his picture in the exhibition catalog in the catalog. Yep. And yep. called his lawyer. Right. Uh, so he, he filed a lawsuit for not, to, not only to uh, against Lorca de Corsia, but, but uh, the, uh, the gallery as well. For half a million dollars in uh, compensatory damages and a million and a half in punitive damages for getting your picture taken. But for getting I your digress. Picture taken. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, for I- exhibiting and publishing the portrait without permission and profiting from it financially. Right. Okay, so now let's assume for the moment that that's all that was involved, because arguably he argues that there's also he, because that his religious rights were being affected because. His religion is, is, is it's, it's, you know, illegal to have a graven images or whatever it is, you know? Yes. So yes. there's also a religious element for this, but let's, for the sake of our argument right now, let's just talk about the artistic right of whatever if that, you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, in, in, in New York state, apparently uh, the, the right to privacy law, as it, as it states here in the article, uh, prohibits the unauthorized use of a person's likeness for commercial purposes. Right. That is for advertising purposes of trade, but yep. they do not apply if the likeness is considered art. Right. So long story short, uh, the suit was dismissed by the Supreme court in New York that said that the photographer's right to artistic expression trumped the subject's right to privacy. Yeah. Which is actually, well, that's it. Well, I think we both agree that that's a good decision but uh i you know what you don't know know you're wavering well let let's let's go back to uh how many shows ago the guy that was shooting people through their windows in new york yeah but they weren't in public he was looking into their apartments okay so is that the difference is is i'm on the public street i am i am artistic fodder yeah i think legally that would be the argument, and I think even the argument with the with the guy did did anybody actually sue that guy with the window stuff, or did they just complain, or there was just it was it just sort of a question, if, or did it was if, there actually a legal challenge? I don't remember if there was a, an actual. Uh, I think legal. his argument there too, I think, was that he never showed anybody's faces, so they were unrecognizable. And there's right. an argument this, to this be made is there. Absolutely recognizable. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. this guy's big, full frame. And there's you know. there's this argument in in, in New York Times this uh, article, and I'm gonna I put it in the show notes, but it where where he is uh, where it talks about how you know street photography is a long tradition in the United States, and and you know you go back to Lee Freelander and Walker Evans, and you know sure and all of our favorite guys, 
And, you know, how many of these pictures wouldn't have been able to be taken and we wouldn't know about these times and we wouldn't know what it was like back then if everyone was like, I need to get paid for getting my picture taken while I'm sitting on these steps outside. Um, So, I mean, you know what? Sometimes I was thinking about this the other day. I feel like you and I and, and, and probably most of the people who listen to us, we do live in our own little bubble. Sure. Which is to say we put the rights of photographers because we are photographers and artists and whatever we put them automatically. We give ourselves extra import. You see what I'm saying? Like, or, yes. or, or we, we put our, extent, our sure. needs and wants and rights above all these other things. You could make an argument to say, you know what? You shouldn't take a picture of the guy. If his religion says you're not supposed to take a picture. Absolutely. You know, there, there's Absolutely. an argument to be made there. Now I happen to agree with what this judge decided but, you know, we do tend to look at it in a very, like, as if I think photography is important. I think photography is important in in society. I think the creative arts are important in society. But, you know, all we talk about is how important they are in society. To a lot of people, they're not as important to society, you know? Yes. Um, and I don't know how that, I, I don't know how what I'm saying, but okay. you understand what, what I'm trying to. Where yeah. do you go further down in the article? Yeah. They, they talk about. Uh, a, a, a case in 1982, uh, also cited in 1982 ruling in which the New York Court of Appeals sided with the New York Times in a suit brought by Clarence Arrington, whose photograph taken without his knowledge while he was walking in the Wall Street area appeared as the cover for the New York Times magazine in 1978 to illustrate an article titled The Black Middle Class Making It. So, yeah, now now it's putting a context onto the photograph and well, arguably labeling yeah. him as it's, middle class. It's it's doing it's putting a context, it's yeah. labeling him, it's yeah. also a product. This yeah. isn't art now. This is this is uh this this is journalism um, though? Is it? Ah, you see, yeah. It gets and I think that that's one of the that problems that we have. For me. Well, that's, I think, one of the problems that we have as journalism moves more and more into all of this, you know, paper advertising, you know, these sort of like, uh, what is the adv- advertorials and all this crap? Sure, sure, It's just sure. like, eh, where's the journalism versus where's the advertising? Uh, I mean, in that case, what if it said black poor, blah, 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 in the guy's face? Is that libel? Maybe. Ah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, the, the, I think for me, the bigger picture is that the the Times... The, well, it says the, here, Arrington uh, said the picture was published without his consent to represent a story he didn't agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it held that the Times First Amendment rights trumped his privacy rights. So is this is this a bigger a bigger story about dwindling personal privacy? Uh, well, uh, you know, I, look, I, you know, just to go off the rails for a second here, that whole, the whole Google take me off of Google crap from, from Europe, you know, all those mm-hmm. sort of like, I mean, I think that there's a certain point at which you have to give up a little bit of privacy for the public good at large, you know, because if everyone had complete control over everything that was ever said or shown about them, then we'd be in this weird world where all we ever knew was exactly what somebody wanted to tell you. And it's all fairy tale. You know what I mean? Like there's no agreed. So agreed. So the, I think that there, I think, I mean, that's, that's sort of, you know, the, the terror at the other end of the spectrum, you know, but, um, but these, in, in both of these cases, one is a religious belief. One is a, a, a personal opinion or a personal belief. Yeah. Neither one of those were given 
at least in the in the case of the subjects, appropriate consideration that they were okay. they were pushed to the side. Do you agree with that? Uh, uh, look, it, okay. Let's. Well, if it happened to you, would you be upset? If if there was an article in the Los Angeles Times saying the inner empire like grows to whatever, and it's a picture of you, I would be I would be more upset in the latter case where it's used in some sort of editorial or you know my my than if likeness, it was up on a wall of Paris photo. Yes. Okay. If I if I am somehow editorialized and and associated with you know an article or or a series that 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 I don't share those beliefs that I've got more of a problem with that than just uh, a photograph with you know man crossing street in inland empire as a yeah. caption yeah i i mean i agree with you but i also kind of think that is 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 the community is is the city or the or is the public better off for having being able to see these photographs or to have that article written in the New York Times or you know what I mean like mm-hmm. are, are, is society better off for the slight decrease in privacy of somebody an individual I mean I, I tend to I tend to lean on the side of you know what freedom of the press is fundamental to to everything because the minute individuals can start telling the press what they can and cannot do well then so can governments and then you go down a slippery slope and you know what i mean so i i'm 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 happier with an absolute of freedom of speech and freedom of press than i am of absolute privacy mm-hmm. like i'm more on that side and i'm pretty private person like i encrypt my stuff and i use two-factor authentication and you know what i mean like i'm i'm kind of anal about that and i don't think the nsa should be able to read my email you know what i mean like so I don't know, but, but okay. That's, that's a little bit of a, you know, you're using public frequency. You're using public airwaves. Right. Well, and that's why when I'm out in public, I don't expect that no one, you know, somebody took a picture of you on seventh. Well, I wasn't on seventh. I you, you can't prove I don't want to be on seventh. It's like, well, you know what? You were out in public on the street, Mm -hmm. you know, sorry. It's it's interesting. This I, isn't I, your, I, you know what? It's kind of similar to the uh, to the national parks thing. It's like you know what? This is for everybody. It's not just for you, right? Times Square isn't your house. Isn't isn't your living room? You know? Yeah. So I, it'll uh, be interesting to see where this goes. He's appealed. Uh, he's gonna you know. Lose. Yeah. I don't know. It, I it's I think it's. Uh, I mean, do you? I guess okay. Do you do you like the images? Oh wait, this was this what. Okay. Did he? Oh, yeah. He did lose. Yeah. Okay. So he lost an appeal. Yeah, it's a done deal. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, Do I like the images? I think. I think it's a beautiful image. Yeah. Um, Does that make a difference? To you, it shouldn't, but but it kind of does. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 the, the, The aesthetic value of the image shouldn't, but it it does somehow. Yeah. You know, the light is beautiful and, 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 you know, that, that one sort of bokeh red spot in the background is interesting to me. And I I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, can I, can I do, can I go on a related one? Yes. I I saw a show last night. I'm going to move this up. I saw a show last night. Um, I went to opening of, uh, a photographer named Rachel Sussman. Okay. Um, and, uh, who, was putting on this in, in this really cool space. If you click on that link, you'll see the space that she was in, uh, uh, showing this work, this crazy old warehouse down in Red. Oh, okay. So this is where you went. Yeah. I looked at this. Yeah. 
So I I I, I went to the Looks opening like an old last packing night. House. Yeah, I got invited to the opening. So I went to the opening last night. Uh, it probably is. It's like an old warehouse down in down in Red Hook. And um and and so these are images of old living things. So they are, you know, the the uh, bristlecone pines and sequoia and strobotolites sure. in, in Australia and lichen down in Antarctica and whatever it is. And this woman has gone and researched all of these things, clonal tree colonies in Utah that are 10,000 years old, you know, these kinds of things. Um, and I'm fascinated by all that subject. Like, I love the idea of like the old, like I, you know, was up in the, uh, with the bristlecone pines up in the white mountains and, you know, like it's cool. Um, now she'd spent 10 years going around, you know, gathering the money to do this. She had to learn how to scuba dive to do one of them. She, you know, did all this kind of stuff. And this is this big show of it. And, and the, the photos were, were fine and they were printed big. They were like, you know, four by six feet or whatever it is. Uh, how do I say this without being whatever to my, the photos didn't do as much to me as the subject matter did the story behind them. Yes. The story behind them and the idea that she was going for was super cool. The photos in my, you know, photo opinion, whatever, like that's my opinion. They were picture of olives on the ground at the base of a tree. So what? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now, the fact that when you read that they're three thousand years old, then that's yeah, and that's something. that's interesting, right? And and you yeah. know, it's like, okay. and, and to be honest, how do you take? Okay, it's a tree. No matter how you take pictures of it, it's still just a tree. You know what I, I mean? Don't like, know. It, don't don't tell Edward Weston that. Okay, well, okay, fair enough. Yes, there are ways to make a tree thing, but like, if she's in the middle in the middle of the day in the middle of the desert in Africa, looking at a plant on the ground. You know what I mean? There's only so much she can do with it, which is, which is fine. And in some ways this is documentary as much as it is art. It's more conceptual art. That's documentary photography. It's it's a weird gray area. I I feel like it is, it is definitely documentary photography. The, the, the art, if, if there is an art in it is in, the process of gathering. Right. And, and you know what? She has a, she got a Guggenheim fellowship in photography this year. So, you know, this woman gets a lot of artistic, you know, she has tons of speaking engagements and awards and whatever it is. Right. Um, so I, I'm not putting anything down. I mean, she's successful, more power to her. I met her. I shook her hand. She's, she seemed very nice. I think a Um, lot of these would just would have been better had they been black and white. Okay, they would well, just be less distracting and more interesting. Well, here's my question, and yep. this kind of goes back to the last one: uh, is you know, which is more important, the idea or the execution? And do you See, need do you need both, or can 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 this idea survive on its own because it's a really neat idea? You know what I mean? That's a tough one because one, you know, it, it, they should support each other. Yeah. But if the images, but, but, like, let's take her out of it for a second. Let's say that these images, I'm not commenting on her exact images at all. I'm saying some hypothetical person who did this project and the images were really crap, right? Well, or, or just take these images as they are, stick them up on Flickr without any caption, without any backstory. Yeah, would anyone would you, notice? Would you give them a second yeah. look? If they weren't four by six feet, by the way, shot on a Mamiya 7, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and uh, yeah. 
And I don't, it's like, I love the idea. I wasn't that impressed by a lot of the photos, but the idea was so cool that, you know, it's like, I don't know how to feel about it. It's interesting because you've said several times, you don't, you don't want to have to have the art explained to you. Right. But here's the thing. It's not the explanation that was interesting. It's just the fact of what she, what she was. It's not like she's not telling me why this is cool. She's just telling me these are all things that are, you know, were there before the birth of Christ. And that's cool. And that is cool. You know what I mean? Like, that's not like, although she did get up at one point and sort of, you know, art school pretensed on a little bit about how it was, you know, the, the time scale of a human life compared to these and the blip of, you know, and like there was a thing in the, in the uh, sort of blurb at the beginning of the show about how these things have been there for 8,000 years, Jeffrey, how can they be captured in one sixtieth of a second? You know, like that sort of, you know, like, you know, yes, true, but, you know, that's, that's a stretch. Yeah, exactly. And so she did do a little bit of that, but I think in some ways you almost have to, if you're kind of playing this gallery game and I'll, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt on that kind of thing. But, but would you, without the context, without the backstory, have thought these were interesting photographs? Yes. A few of them. Yes. Most of them. No. Yeah. You know, if, if they, if they were just a tree in somebody's backyard shot like this, no. Yeah, this is this is an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. I thought so. Yeah. So so it was. It, so is the art? That's a great question. Is the art? Uh, chime in on this, listeners. Uh, we'll put this link in the show notes. Is, is the art in 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 the concept or in the execution in this case? And the at the show, uh, there was. Um, in fact, I think it's in the rotation at the uh, beginning on the on the homepage of her site. Um, there was also another secondary room, which was all of her research and her maps and the box of, uh, uh, vaccines she had to take to go to some of these places. Right. And, uh, the, the x-ray from Sri Lanka where she broke her wrist when she fell trying to, you know, whatever it is like, so, so is is the art, the process, as you were saying, or is it the final results? Is this is this art or science or yeah. some sort of strange hybrid of both? Yeah. Is, is it this, documentary or is it art? Yeah, is it an anthropological? Yeah, st- this is. I don't. This it kind of it kind of wrecks my head now. But I guess the fact that we're even discussing it says that it's something of those or some combination of those. You know. Yes. It's it's it was yeah it's like the images eh the idea yeah. The idea is interesting. The fact that yeah, she took it, 10 years and like, you know, probably doesn't have a lot of money. So probably was like saving up the thousand dollars to go to Africa, going to Africa, coming back, saving up the, you know, whatever right, to go to. Right. Like it was probably that kind of game. I'm assuming. Yeah. Taken on their, on their own. The photographs are meh. Yeah. I mean, There's there a few a of them that are nice. Yeah. 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 The, the, the cover image of the book that, uh, that's the spruce. Yeah, which one is the? You know, let me. See. The very first one, top left. Oh, the first one is 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 the is the one. That one's nice. The one below it with the with the little trail going with through the path. Yep, that's kind of yep. cool. The 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 mountain one to the right of it is kind of nice. In the uh, ocean there, and then yeah, the yeah, water. yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of nice, you know. But a lot of these other ones, it's like okay, it's a it's a bush in the woods, and now now that I know that it's a three thousand year old clonal bush that's been you know whatever, like that's interesting. But the representation of it is and, and okay. And, one other thing, okay, the, the, the giant prince that somehow also 
when you're standing there in front of them, it would be much different than if they were just 11 by 14 sitting on the wall. Like being True. able to sort of look into them is, is part of it, you know, and, and maybe, maybe sort of adds weight in some kind of way as if like, you know, Oh, you know, this is printed on really nice paper. So therefore it's important. Yes. Now this is a tough call. Yeah. I just thought it would be fun. Yeah. It's a tough call. Uh, again, the, the, the is is it art or science or or can it be considered both should it be considered both yeah you know but but don't don't tell me you know oh it's it's 8000 years old so a 60th of a second can't possibly don't do that yeah, don't yeah do exactly that. right now you're now you're just smarming it up in fact uh wait is it down oh here wait you know what? it's right down the bottom look what does it mean to capture a multimillennial lifespan in one sixtieth of a second yeah, or for that matter to be an organism in my 30s bearing witness to organisms organisms that preceded human history and will hopefully survive us well into future generations you, See, know that, I mean? you, you kind of lose me there yeah me too so ah, it's tough Anyway, interesting, interesting stuff. And oh, so I have to just tell this little story. So I'm there with my friend Sally and this woman Tina, and we're we're uh, we're looking at the stuff. And I was just like, you know what? I'd be willing to bet that these were taken on Mamiya Six or Mamiya Seven, like one of the Mamiya whatever. It is. No, no, and they're not, and they're photographers. And I was like. I was like, yeah, they look a friend of mine. No, is, you, you, hold on a second. No. I, I just said, I, I just said that sort of like, just as like, you yeah, know, they look like they, they look like stuff. A friend of mine shoots on Mamiya. Right. So then she's giving her talk and she's just like, yeah, you know, I still shoot on film. on Mamiya seven two. And I was, and my friend Sally, like I was a few like lines behind her. Cause I went to go get a drink. She turns around and just like, looks at me like, wow. <laughs> it was Whatever. really funny. Have you ever Whatever. played with one of those? Uh, somebody I knew had one. They're cool. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. They're kind of like neat. a big giant rangefinder that shoots medium format film at six, seven. So it's six by seven centimeter film, big film, but in like this rangefinder, you can just carry along with you, which is kind of, it's, it's, it's really, really neat, uh, camera. And, uh, and it's for some, I have, I have another friend who shoots similar landscapes and they just have that kind of look. Cause you know what? You can't print that big on film unless you're shooting something big. But I knew she wasn't carrying a four by five out into the middle of, you know, wherever. Right, uh, right, right, right. And so I just, but it was just really funny. That's a cool camera. I'll put a link to the, to the Luminous Landscape article about it because it's pretty neat. Um, all right, what's next? Hey, Are we, we done we with that a, or what? We're done with that. Okay. We're done with that. We got a lot more. Okay. A lot more. Let's talk business. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we get a lot of questions about pricing work. A lot of questions yep. actually about that. What do what what do I price my work at? Whether it's whether it's your assignment or whether it's uh, final prints or yep. some combination of the two. Yeah. The answer is uh, there is no answer. Yeah, there is no answer. But a, a couple of interesting articles went up, uh, and uh, one's from a photo editor on Medium, and uh, it, it it refers to the usage and pricing of photography in social media. So. What can you hope to make uh, from from so this your, is, your social media stream? Uh, Sketchers wants to use a picture you took in their social media stream. Is that what we're talking about here? Uh, the, fundamentally, yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, so uh, let's say, let me read from the article here. Uh, a senior producer, senior art producer at at another large international ad agency said. They recommend clients purchase royalty-free images from 300 to 500 each so they can use it forever. Right. That's not that, from that's, – so that's buying from like a real stock house, not buying from Joe Schmo and Flickr. Right. They, yeah. 
Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, now, in terms of 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 the actual shooting, uh, there's 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 a big range. Uh, there are some photographers who have positioned themselves to work on social media campaigns. I interviewed one photographer who had been asked to do many social campaigns. Uh, I'm sorry, many social media only campaigns. And the fees have a huge disparity because of different client budgets. On the high end, they got around $8,000 for six shots in one day of shooting. On the low end was $650 for one image, unlimited usage. They said most clients are looking for quick images that do not have uh, the detail and production value of a print shoot. On the average, the client wants up to 25 images with social media use for around $5,000. $200 a piece. Right. Is that what that works out to be? Right. So, so, cause yeah, there, I mean, there let's, let's just use Skechers as our thing just cause it's a thing, right? Like, yeah. So Skechers sends you out with some shoes and your friends and wants you to take a bunch of pictures. Cause all they're going to do is stick them on there and be like, look, the new blah, 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 blah. Great for summer. Right. And they're going to stick that out on or, Facebook or, they're, or depending, on, they're, they're depending on you uh, using your 10,000 listeners or followers and yes. having it tagged Skechers. Okay. Well, that's okay. That's my question is that is, is, is this them buying it for them to use or them trying to tag into your stuff? Cause we've discussed both sort of sides of that sort of I, more, a more traditional, I'm using your image on my stuff or I'm actually buying your viewers as advertising. I don't know that you can separate them anymore. Yeah, but I think that they are. I, I wonder what they're referring to here. I guess is my question, because it doesn't. It's saying that they're 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 buying these images for social media use. It's not saying they're buying the photographer's social media stream. Right. Um, yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. Uh, a creative director at a social media agency said they would pay five hundred dollars for one image. Uh, uh, a shoot lasting two to three hours. Pre-production shoot edit. I mean, uh, I mean da, da, this, da, da. Is, this yeah. is what's happening is that, yeah, and these pe- other people, 15 to 25 images a day, and they pay $2,000 max. Yeah, the, the takeaway is that they're, the baselines and, and, and the day rates that, that for a long time were sort of standards yeah. are gone. Well, they're they're going for this stuff, yeah. They are, yeah. Or, or they're changing. It's you know, it's this interesting thing. I mean, it's the same thing even in like the editorial stuff that I shoot. You know, oh, we're, we're just going to use it online, so therefore we're going to pay less. It's like, well, it doesn't cost me any less to go take this person's picture. You know, right. so I still do the same amount of work, but I make less money. That's you know, that's an interesting model you have there. Um, and with this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, they say, oh, we're just going to stick it on our Flickr stream. We don't need a super high-res file, but you know what? They also want the image to look good and have good lighting and stuff, you know? Right. So there's this interesting juxtaposition of, I mean, there's always this constant sort of devaluing. I I still think I contend, and I'm probably wrong because I'm an old fuddy-duddy. Um, I just, to me, just by using the word fuddy-duddy, you really are. I am an old fuddy-duddy. I just, I just place myself in the fuddy-duddy <laughs> Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> that's a good title, actually. Fuddy-duddy Hall of Fame. It is pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, honey-duddy. Uh, so the thing is uh, th- that all of these people who are advertising some new car or whatever it is, and they're just like basically bombing the media with 75,000 different ads of different photos of the same car with different taglines and whatever it is. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
Like the old system of make a few ads for the new car and have them everywhere makes much more sense to me than just so much stuff that I don't even recognize when it's an ad or not, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe psychologically that works out in the long run. I think it, you see what I'm trying to say? I, I do. I do. Uh, I'm probably wrong. I just, it's just weird to me that it's worth know. them to put up, you know, to, to, to have 25 different images of, what do you need 25 different images of a single product for? Okay, well, that that's a great segue into this next thing. Another another area where, where these are changing is in the speed that they use these images. Yep. And, and when you're shooting for some of these agencies and they're negotiating social media usage up front, there's an example in here. Uh, they talk about Oreo. Uh, an example of the speed the images needed, if you remember during the 2013 Super Bowl when the power went out, right. it was the ad agency for Oreo uh, who sent out this tweet and it was advertising gold. It was because usage had been covered in the original negotiation that allowed them to tweet it. And they, they tweeted this image of an Oreo saying, you, you can still dunk in the dark. Yep. And they just had a Photoshop person make the black, like basically do a reverse gradient over these, this right. Oreo on white. It's a cute ad, and yes, they're using it that fast. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, KitKat just surpassed Oreo at Apple's expense with the bending of the iPhone 6 Plus. They tweeted out, uh, we don't bend, we break. Yeah. Hashtag break. But hashtag that, bendgate. Hashtag iPhone 6 Plus. Neither so, of these are images shot for this purpose, though. No. That's what I'm saying, is, yeah. is that you're now negotiating social media usage Potential social media usage, yeah, because they need it for whatever they need it for. I, you know, so I don't think you can. I don't think you could make the case that 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 it's uh, just a fad. Social media. Oh, I think oh, no, no, no. I think I, it's here. Uh, no, and and things like this though are not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the stuff where they're just literally putting out a tweet every three minutes with some other picture of somebody eating an Oreo. It's like, well, how many pictures of people eating Oreos? How, how much different can they be? And how much does that actually add to whatever? Like these are cute examples, but I think these are exceptions rather than the rule of the effectiveness of social media. I think these are what everyone's trying to go for all the time. You know, when okay. the opportunity arises, yeah, 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 I yeah. just, I, I don't know. I just, it's just interesting to me. I, yeah. I mean, look, sometimes they're paying a lot of money. Sometimes they're not paying a lot of money. I will tell you that at the high end, what is it? What'd they say? $8,000 for six shots for one day of shooting that in, in, in a, re, in a traditional advertising world, that's low, very low. Well, that gets us into right. the next, the next article here, sure. which is uh, on taxi design taxi. Uh, they, 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 on this article, you'll find a cost calculator to help designers determine how much they should charge. Um, but they've they've got an interesting uh, uh, rate card, yeah. series of rate cards uh, for didn't who's we already, paying. Didn't we talk about this spreadsheet before? I think we did. Okay. I think we did. I just feel like um, I was going but crazy. It, it, it just, it, it kind of dovetailed in with the social media. It's not a lot of money. No, you know? for a lot of these things, it's not a lot of money. Uh, although, s- although like, okay, say, say the New York times pays $250, right? For an image, Let's New York say. times multimedia, $600 for video multimedia news feature. Right. Okay. Right. So not an image. That's a whole right. feature. So let's, but let's say for images, they pay 250, $300. Right. The guys who were going out and shooting all the time for New York times, like the guys we like, uh, Conrad and what's the other guy's name that you like? Todd Heisler. Todd Heisler. 
if they let's say that let's say even say that I don't know if they're on salary or freelance. Let's say they're freelance. They're doing two or three things a day, which means they're making five hundred dollars a day, which is twenty five hundred dollars a week, which is ten thousand dollars a month, which is one hundred twenty grand a year. Even yeah, doing if, these little if, jobs at two hundred fifty dollars okay, a piece. But that's if you're doing it every day, every yeah, week, every I'm, month. What I'm saying is that guys like them are doing it all the time. But yeah, your your average person who's going out. It's yeah, it's tough to, and that's why you almost have to do. You have to do tons of those things, or be a stringer for one of those things, if that even exists anymore. You know, right? Well, and and yes, you know, Urban Outfitters two fifty for a half day. Yeah, New York yeah. Observer two hundred dollar day rate. I will tell you that things like um, uh, uh, Urban Outfitters or um, uh, are are in a position where the photographers who want to shoot for them want to shoot for them because they want the rep of shooting for urban outfitters. Uh, a friend of mine produces fashion shoots like, uh, for, for, for magazines and that kind of stuff. And she was telling me about, uh, a, a shoot that she was scheduling where she had to, it was for some big fashion magazine. Let's say it was Vogue. It wasn't Vogue, but let's say it was Vogue for lack of lack of whatever. Um, and the photographer was paying out of pocket for the studio and the models. And she was trying to book, uh, makeup, hair, makeup and wardrobe people pro bono for free to do this shoot for say Vogue because they all just want their stuff in Vogue. Cause they know that that will then get them commercial work for advertisers. In right. the same space. Well, you, you hope. Know. I don't right, think right, you right. know. No, no, you don't. I'm just, I'm just saying that's the hope, right? But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that there are certain magazines like, uh, what's like, what, what, radar, like all those like, like sort of hip hipster magazines. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Okay. They, they pay little, if anything, to have their photos in there because the people who want their photos in there want them in there so they can say they've had their photos in whatever magazine. Well, and, and yeah. that's one of the other things that I wanted to touch on with this particular yeah. article was the the, the range. The range goes, like you just said, from zero yep. all the way up. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's amazing to me. I mean, if, if, if anything that I, if there's anything that I take away from this is that it is really difficult to be a working editorial photographer and, and make a living. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, so many of these things are, you know, zero, $15 an image, $25 an image, $100 for the day rate, $250 for the day rate. And, and you know, to your math, yeah, if you can make $500 a day every day of yeah, the yeah, year, yeah, you're yeah. doing okay. I'm saying that the people who are doing that like full-time for a specific newspaper or whatever it is, they're still probably doing all right. If if you're 25 years old and trying to break into this world, it's tough. You know? Yes. Um, I will tell you that in my experience and like, I'm not going to go into details, but like uh, the, the assignments that I do, I make more than a lot of these things say, but, but you know, it, it but uh, there's also a, 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 a more general thing of, you know, who's put Cause this is all user submissions, right? These are just people who put in like, I worked for such and such and this is how much they paid me. Is that right. correct? Um, some of it, some right. of it. Yeah. So we're, so we're getting a, we're also getting a thing of, Hey, um, uh, you know, you have a, you, you went to that concert. Like, do you have a picture of counting crows? I'm like, yeah. All right. Uh, we'd like to use it. Uh, we'll give you $200. And 
and the person says yes, and then they go stick it in here, and they say Rolling Stone only pays two hundred dollars for okay, some of it, right? I'm just saying that we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, Bon Appetit magazine is fifteen hundred dollars for an assignment. Right, exactly. And well, what if that assignment takes you a month? Right. Well, yeah, assignments when they're talking like that, that's like a day's assignment. That's not a month. Like a month long assignment, they're not paying that little. Uh, and 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 the, yeah, magazine probably exclusive for ninety days. Photographer could do yeah. So yeah, that's that's more around the 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 where where it is for for the working guys. Um, but I know people, I know a girl who shot for the daily news, one of those, like one of the New York, like other papers. Right. And yeah, I think she, she got paid $150, $200 or something like that day rate. And she would, Uh, and, and she would run and like go up on, she'd have to get on the roofs of buildings to shoot down on crime scenes. And, and it was like a whole thing. And I'm like, pfft. That sounds like a nightmare to me. I mean, she liked it and whatever it is, but uh, it's, that's like a different gig, you know? Right. Um, it's, it's tough. I mean, I was talking to, uh, I mean, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, the people who used to make tens of thousands of dollars from stock photography, and now they make tens of hundreds of dollars because, you know, the bottom fell out of that market because every guy with a digital SLR has pictures of the, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever. Right, right. Um, well, and, Okay. That gets us into our next thing. If, if, you know, if you want to continue. Yeah, we're rocking through it. Let's go. Yeah. So as Bill just said, when everybody's got, you know, a DSLR or, or, or a phone or, or some sort of camera with me, another interesting article on the link, uh, entitled when, what is photography when everyone's a photographer? Right. But then again, what is writing when everyone has a word processor? Like that's, we're, we're, there's also that, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I mean, that, that argument still exists. Um, yeah. So do, do the tools, do the tools dilute the pool or, or do, does the democratization of anything simply allow more people to do it? Therefore, you're going to, you're going to get more people who are better. I, I think that it both expands and dilutes the pool. So there are more people who are better, but there's also more people who suck. You know what I mean? Uh, I, you know, it's, um, and is, is mediocre work being passed off as good work? I think that there are more great photographers now than there have ever been. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that the overall level of photography that gets used for advertising or for editorial is much better now than it was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, See, I, I, I don't agree with these arguments that, Oh, you know, the democratization of, of t- photography is ruining it or the, 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 you know, proliferation, proliferation of tools available well, is ruining. It. I, I think, I think, well, the only argument there is the case that we only have so much time. We can only look at so many pictures and there's a lot more crappy pictures out there. You know what I mean? Like we're, I think, I feel like we're inundated by imagery now. Mm-hmm. In a way that we weren't, in a way that we thought we were before, but had we could laugh now at thinking that we were inundated by imagery. Right, right. Um, I think that I think that the 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 world is changing. I think that we are. Um, I, hmm. It's it's. I I think that I think that we see a lot of bad images, but I also think that the people who are good are better. It's like if you look at early 
if you look at early 80s or mid 80s, I don't know, some famous, Annie Leibovitz, if you go look at like that picture she took, the the Rose one of Bette Midler or the picture she took of Schwarzenegger, you know, whatever, say Schwarzenegger in the 80s or whatever it is. You look at them and the lighting's not really good. The like they're not great images technically. You know, I think I think people are much better technical photographers now. And whether that's due to the technology or whether that's due to, you know, YouTube and Linda and all these other things and more people getting messing around with flashes, um there there's there's all of that. So I yeah, I don't know. I it's it's a weird thing, Jeffrey, because yes, the, the, the there is there are more cameras, which means there are more photographers, which means there are more images. But there's also a bigger market for images because they need more images to inundate us with more images. Sure, you know? sure. So it it's sort of uh, you know it's sort of like I was listening to um, some podcast this morning when I was at the gym, and they were talking about you know the whole music industry and how apparently iTunes music sales went down thirteen percent in the last quarter or something like that. Cause less people are buying music and they're all just listening to the streaming stuff or whatever. Um, and they were saying how, you know, music is worthless because, uh, digital music is worthless cause it doesn't cost you anything to make it. And I was just like, well, it does cost you something to make it. It costs the artists, the time to actually make it and the practice and the, you know what I mean? Like they were acting as if there's absolutely no worth to recorded music. Now the market could argue that there is no worth to recorded music and they could argue that there's no worth to an individual photograph because there are 80 billion of them getting made a day or whatever it is. Well, I, I think, I think the correlation there is you don't need to go to a studio in quotes. Yep. You don't need, you know, uh, professional gear in quotes. Yep. Uh, in the same way that you don't need. Yeah. It didn't cost you five hundred dollars an hour to make the CD. Right. Yep. Right. Right. You could in spend the same three way grand at need, Guitar Center. Yeah. yeah. You don't need a dark room. You don't need a physical space. You yes. Don't, so in, in <laughs> but that was way, really that was that really the the distinction? Was that really the barrier for in, fifty in years? Music? Yeah. Uh, I think that combined with the people who really knew how to use that technology and knew how to use that hardware and, yeah. and, you know, so uh, the knowledge was worth something, you know, would, w- would the music that, that, uh, you know, Bob Clearmountain worked on sure. have been as good without Bob Clearmountain? Uh, no, like in excess. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Sorry. You know, would, 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 uh, dark side have been what it was without Alan Parsons. Right. You know, if it was just, you know, five guys in a, in a, in a garage. Don't do that. We're going to get, God, that's so good. I love Alan Parsons project. Anyway, you know, you're, you're completely right. Um, I just, you know, it's one of these things where I can't help, but get a little bit, um, conspiratorial and just say, you know what? How so? No, just like in, in the sense that, you know what? Like musicians are still making the music. Photographers are still making the pictures. These business people aren't making less money, and why the hell are we making less money? Like that, in the end, we're getting screwed at the expense of somebody else because they're making an excuse that it's not worth as much to them. But they're still all making lots of money, so there's something going on here, you know. Um, but I, I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know that there's much we can do about that. But you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yes, everyone has a camera. Yes, lots of pictures taken every day. But and yes, lots of amazing pictures are getting taken every day, and there's lots of amazing photographers, and there are more amazing photographers now than ever before. Um, but there's, you know, there's but it still feels off balance somehow, it, and I can't put my finger on why. Which which is, which is the balance you're referring to? The the balance between 
making things. Yeah. And and the value of them. The val yeah, getting getting them into the right hands. Now we've talked many times about the idea that 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 if you're making a living as an artist, whatever that means, you're doing pretty good anyway. And that's a pretty recent thing. Yep. Yeah. Culturally. Yeah. You know. And isn't that um, okay? It is okay as long as I think it's not. It doesn't become an issue of expectation or entitlement. Right. And, but I also think that there's an angle here that says, you know, as our society becomes more evolved, I'm going to get a little utopian for a moment. Uh, as we have more food than we need by automated robots and, you know, that, that 2% of our population can make enough food for the other 98%, you know, which is kind of where we are in the U S or whatever it is. Um, and housing and shelter and all the rest of it. It's like, well, at that point, what that doesn't mean that it's getting to them though. There are still tons of people oh, going without food. Oh no, absolutely. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about poverty. Cause that's, that's a whole other thing. I'm just sort of just spitballing here at the point at which society has enough to be able to support everybody easily, which we're kind of at, if we really wanted to, um, what, but what, we aren't supporting everyone. No, we're not. I'm saying we could, we're not because of all kinds of economic reasons. I'm, I'm saying, but like, there's nothing to say. There's enough food for everybody in America, whether or not it's getting to the people who are hungry. That's a whole other argument. And how much food do we all throw out at restaurants and you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, but what I'm saying is at, once we get to the point of a sort of star Trek kind of thing where everyone has all their needs taken care of in some sort of utopian future, what should be valuable is ideas and art and culture. And, sure. It you know, should be right. I don't, I don't see that ever happen. Well, that's the thing is that like, once we get to that point, what, what will have any value when the stuff you need to live is valueless? Is it, is it really just all about, you know, I'm going to get a gold, whatever it is, because that's worth more than the, than the aluminum. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, it, 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 it makes me a little sad that we can't find a way to value the things that should be more valuable in life, you know, experiences and, and people and ideas and all those kinds of things, unless they have some sort of intrinsic, you know, capitalistic value, in which case but, then, but they're, then they're worth I mean, something. Just to go full circle, isn't yeah. social media trying to monetize experience? Aren't they trying to put a value on experience? Uh, I think that the people, I think the people sharing, most of the people sharing on Twitter and stuff are doing it to share their experiences, but they're not making money on that. The Twitter is, I guess. Well, look, you know? look at somebody like Casey Neistat. Okay. Yeah. But the, I mean, guys like that are, aren't they, aren't they, uh, aren't they the exception? Sure. At the moment. Right. You know, he, he's monetizing his experience. Yes. He's, yeah. he's monetizing his life experience and, and speaking as a fan of his work, I, I, yeah, monetizing I love his life experience. Yes. But ultimately what is he doing? He's, he's in the end, the money that he's making is actually just from doing something very traditional, which is making ads for people. Right. Uh, somewhat, he's not, yeah. he, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just the film for the film's sake. He's a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And some people want to pay him to do these these things, but I, I think where he where he gets well, I know that where he gets his juice, where he gets his following, is just from making movies about things that matter to him. Yes, it's only been yeah. fairly recently that people have said, "Hey, Casey, 
here's some money, go do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, the, 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 the film that he did, uh, gosh, who was it that, that gave him their entire video budget? Oh, the car and, one. Yeah. We talked about that. No, there was, it was, I, was it Nike? Yeah, might we, have even we, been looked, Nike. we talked about it and we saw it somewhere. Where they, they gave him their entire video budget and he grabbed his buddy and said, okay, how many countries can we go see? Yeah. And yeah. it had nothing to do with their products. It was all about experience. Yeah. 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 But, but even, that, even that, though, if you go one step deeper and say, okay, Nike or Google or whoever let him make a movie about experience, I feel like that's just trying to sell experience to sell product. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like to, mm-hmm. we're just, it's just one step on, removed. on their end. Yes. For yeah. Him, right. It's about, wait, you're going to, you're going to let me go all around the world on your dime. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But like, obviously Google is not going to let everyone go around the world. You know, the, these are, these are the few, the far, the whatever, you know, um, I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like the, the, the makers in this society are just like, they're just not valued, you know, uh, in a way that I think is commiserate with their, effect on society you know um you know I, I that know. statement i completely agree with and and yeah. i you know and i i just think that that's sad and you could say well it's supply and demand and people want to make stuff and like yeah but you know what a lot of people don't want to make stuff and a lot of people are good at it so how about the people who want to do it and are good at it should should you know have some way to be able to make a living doing that you know sure and and that's that both worries me and makes me a little sad you know in general, although you know, it's funny because we when we were um, we were we were out uh, you know out in New Mexico and we were at like White Sands or something and we went in uh, at dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, when we travel, especially when we go out west, we tend to get up really early, like before the sun comes up, because we have to get to wherever it is and the lights nice when you get there when it's you know eight o'clock or seven o'clock or whatever. And uh, we're standing there and we are all alone in White Sands National or National Monument or whatever. And it's there is no one there. And uh, we're standing on top of this this sand dune, whatever it is. And I'm taking some pictures and we're talking and we're walking along. And 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 I was just like, you know what, this this experience that we're having here. That, that I'm here with the person I love having this great experience in this place like this is why I'm blessed. I'm not blessed because I mean, yes, I'm blessed because I can do what I want and I had a good upbringing and I got an education, all the rest of it. But like, this is this is what everyone should be aiming for: is this sort of having these experiential things with other people. And and I, I don't know, I just think that that's, and I think that that's part of what art and photography and making things is all about. You know, it's sort of this, it's the experience of doing it. It's the experience of sharing it with other people. You know, me going to this art show last night, like, yeah, we discussed it. I wasn't super jazzed about the pictures. But I had a great discussion about them with the people I was with, and now we're having this discussion here with <laughs> thousands of people listening to us. You know, right. uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Where just- going back to the makers for a second? Yep. You you saw a lot of of poverty. Tons. Aren't some of those indigenous people, or or uh, how would you refer to them? Would you refer, would you call them indigenous people? Yeah, They're indigenous guess, to the yeah, area. These, these are these are all native locals. Americans. Yeah, sure. Okay, were they making stuff and selling it? Yeah, yeah, they were. And, uh, and were they charging they, much for it? No. <laughs> so so is is their stuff somehow worth less than the stuff in a gallery in Taos or Santa Fe? Well, you know, it's actually interesting. We, we went to in Taos, we went to a, um, uh, a museum. What the hell's her name? 
Uh, is it Millicent Cooper? Uh, Millicent something. Millicent Cooper. Millicent something. Anyway, this museum. Uh, and it was the, it was a museum named after this woman, Millicent Rogers. It's called okay. Millicent Rogers Museum. And we're just like, who the hell is Millicent Rogers, right? Thinking maybe she's some artist or whatever it is. And somebody told us we should go to this museum. So we go to the Millicent Rogers Museum. It turns out Millicent Rogers is the granddaughter of the partner of Rockefeller who started Standard Oil. Hmm. So she's some super wealthy industrial person's daughter, right? And she spent her life, you know, dating movie stars and whatever it is. And, like, she broke up with Clark Gable and she, putting my hand to my head, oh, my Lord, I can't take this breakup. And, you know, moved to Taos to, like, get away from it all or whatever. And um, she used to have people come out there. And she, in this museum, they have this whole thing. uh, um, Oh, this is going to be hard. How am I going to, who is Maria, there's this woman. I think it's Maria Gonzalez. Zolas pottery. This woman who made these this uh, uh, pottery. Maria Martinez. Her name is. You got you got a link for me? Yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm trying to find a, a good link for you here. Uh, let me uh, where are we Skype. Okay, so there's a whole section, a whole room in this in this uh, uh, museum. This is a bad link, but look up Mar- right. Mar- gotcha. Maria gotcha. Martinez and. She she started doing this crazy uh, black on black po- pottery, which uh, um, anyway, the point is, is that there's a whole museum room about this one woman who died, I don't know, 20 years ago or whatever it is, but was taught pottery and they, they, they bake them, you know, cover it up with clay and cook it. And it's like a, just a pile basically that they cook, that they bake the pottery in um, and and we we knew about it because we went to this museum and it was like wow look at these beautiful pieces whatever it is so when we go down to uh Santa Fe there's a pottery gallery there this like high end pottery gallery and we walk into it and we're just walking around and in the back case are some of her pots okay and we know who she is because we saw this whole thing about her in this museum and it was interesting and her pots were going for like $20,000 wow yeah yeah and these were not big pots. It was basically like a bowl and it was like 18. Okay, so, so why the thing, the thing about it is that I don't know that she ever made that kind of money, you know, like when right. she was alive, they were probably selling them for 200 bucks. So are we, are we, are we just, <laughs> we're screwing them again, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, you know? yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it, are, are, are we destined to repeat that? You know, we've talked about Picasso and 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 Van Gogh and Pollock and and how none of these guys made the and, kind of money right. themselves that their work is generating now. Yep. And there are people today who are making art that is going to go unnoticed. And there are people today who there were people in all of those guys' days who were huge artists and sold lots of stuff who are completely forgotten to history now. You right. know what I mean? Like there's always those guys too. So how do you know that? You know, some fancy guy now is even going to be noticed tomorrow. You know, um, it's uh, it, it's and you could say the same for writers and, yep. and, and yeah, painters sure. yeah. and, and Melville. You know, you know, no one. Moby Dick was a flop when it first came out. Right. It only got noticed like in the early 1900s, like some other guy wrote a thing about it saying how great of a book it was. And then it got picked up and it ended up going into schools. And you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, who knows? 
Right. Like all those. So what's the takeaway with all of it? What, what, what is our, what is our, what is our leave behind for this discussion? Similar to the beginning of, before we started the show, you and I were talking about Mac OS Yosemite and how they made these changes to the interface. They changed to Helvetica. They do the translucency crap, all that kind of stuff. Right. And there are people who are writing articles that are incensed. Like this is ugly. This is beautiful. This is whatever in whatever view that they have. The thing is, no matter what people write, Apple's not going to change. They're just going to keep making what they make and they're going to, okay, maybe they change it for next time. And you know what? Next time you'll get the new thing. But like, you can't fight that tide. That tide is happening regardless of whether you want to or not. Or, you know, I don't like electronic viewfinders, but as you pointed out, at some point, 10 years from now, maybe electronic viewfinders will be the only cameras available. And that's what I'll have to get because that's what's out. And you know right. what? I'll go with the flow because what's the point of fighting it? Like, there's. And, and, and every time you lift the camera to your face, it's going to be stupid alert. God damn, Sidoris. Yeah. yeah. Wish. Yeah. Wish glass, stupid. Right. And, All right, let's do this. Come yeah, on, smiles, everyone. Exactly. But but I think that there is – so I think that in some ways, yes, all of this is happening. Yes, artists are, are being devalued in society. Yes, you know, commercialism is, is all, you know, where it's at. Even in fine art, it's commercialism, right? It's not about whether – people actually like something. It's whether one guy likes this one artist, which allows, right. which everyone says, Ooh, so-and-so is buying this. So we should buy them too. Right. Um, right. So for, even- for, for everybody struggling on, you know, whatever your version of the, the Venice boardwalk is in your town, you know, th- there are 10,000 of those guys to every, you know, one Jeff Coons or, 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 yes. uh, uh yeah. what's the guy that uh, Damien Hurst. Right. And you know what? Some of those people on the boardwalk are great. Some of them are crap. You know right, what I mean? Like, right, right, right. like out inside, outside of the Santa Fe governor's mansion or whatever it is, all these native people set up. They basically just on a blanket, you know, out in front. They they're selling turquoise and silver and what you know, all this stuff that this sort of southwest. I would never. Quick aside: are you, ever, are you a fan of the southwest aesthetic? Like all that turquoise and silver? No, I don't. My father get it. was. I don't get it at all. My father's house was all of that really western and southwest and yeah he had tons of stuff you know belt buckles and rings yeah yeah, all of that i don't see it i look at it and i go i mean i understand the craftsmanship and like i couldn't do it but absolutely i respect the 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 quality and 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 the work that's gone into it i just don't happen to like the aesthetic yeah Anyway, t- t- saw lots of that, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not really going to buy this stuff." Like, I don't, yeah. you know. Although this- I, I will say, the black pots that I'm looking at here. Oh, did you I, find them? I would own one of those. Those They're are beautiful, very, very right? cool. Yeah, uh, and and this woman, you know, she this woman can make some pottery. Uh, yeah, they're beautiful. You're right, but are they worth ten grand to you? You know, which uh, is as clumsy as I am. No. And that, and that, and that's the thing. And, and, you know, it's not like, this is not the kind of stuff you'd ever actually use. You don't touch this stuff, you know? Right. Uh, but you see the black on black is pretty cool looking. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I was, I, you know, I'm going to put a link to just a, a Google image search of her stuff or something like that. Um, uh, yeah, this woman, you know, I'll put a link to her, her Wikipedia entry. Cause that's a good one. Um, she died in 1980. So I guess this stuff that's left over is stuff that like whatever hasn't been sold or sold back market after she's dead for 40 years. I, eh, you know, I don't know. The art market did, is the wait, art market. Silly question, but did, did, did this technique die with her? No, is she the only it, one that it's does interesting. This? There are people, uh, like she had a partner or her son or something like that still make stuff in that style, which looks very similar. 
But I guess at a certain point, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it comes down to the original person who did it or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if she was the original. I think she sort of rediscovered some old technique or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I mean, her work is beautiful, but, uh, so yeah, I don't, I, I guess I, what I was getting back to is that, yes, this stuff is going to happen. Yes. <laughs> the, the world is going to screw the artists, but I don't know what we can do about it other than roll with the punches and figure out a, a way to make it work. And I hate saying that cause it feels like it's a little bit of a cop out. Well, or, or a little bit of a, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, where you give up, <laughs> you know, Fut- futile. Eh, yeah. I was going to say like in a war when you surrender, it feels like a little bit of a surrender to me, but, but I, 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 I don't know that getting mad about it changes anything because again, getting back to the echo chamber, we care about this far more than the general public cares about it. Sure. And I think that's kind of the problem or they don't realize how, <laughs> how much they value it, you know? Take away your TV, take away all photography, take away all books and like stick somebody in a house at night after they get home from work. And what the hell are they going to do? You know? Um, now you got me thinking about cheap trick. <laughs> I started watching the wire the other day. You ever see that show? Yes. And I'm, I'm going to catch shit for it, but I, I just couldn't get into it. Really? Okay. Maybe, you know, I, I tried a couple times to get into it and I got into the, maybe the first, I don't know, three or four episodes and it just. Yeah. I'm like, I like the whole, it's funny. I mean, even though it's like a drug and cop thing, right. I find it, I personally find it much more watchable than Breaking Bad because I think because it's not like overly dramatic and ridiculous, you know. It's, it's not, it's not spectacle. It's sort of just a, we're telling a story about this situation that's happening versus. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch breaking. I, I watched the first two seasons of breaking bad. And then I was like, Meh. yeah, me too. I was a season and a half in. I was like, yeah, I can't watch this anymore. Um, but seriously, New Mexico, just like breaking bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. what, what do we got? Thanks, we, New Mexico. We got, we got, we got some more. Oh, uh, my sister sent this to me, actually. Uh, it's Wait. a New Yorker article. Oh, right, right. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's called Taking Pictures Away for Photographers to Pro- Protect Their Work. Uh, and it's an article about a photographer uh, named, oh, God, this is terrible. Yoongi Kim. Yoongi Kim. Yeah. Yeah, photojournalist. Okay. So she worked at the, in Quincy, Mass., at the Patriot Ledger for 30 years, taking pictures of parades and nursing homes. But she's also traveled all around the world uh, taking pictures uh, of, you know, kids in Somalia or, or, you know what I mean, in Kosovo. There's this great picture of the, up at the top of this little kid with his hands like at his neck, like overwhelmed looking into the distance at all this fire and dark yeah, smoke. Yeah, just black smoke filling the sky. It's a yeah. powerful image. Um, and she is, it's an article, sort of a slight interview with her. Oh, apparently she, uh, at a coffee shop in Park Slope. So apparently she lives near me. I'll also look her up. Uh, and, uh, she's saying that she's saying that lots of, she says most of the images in the internet are stolen, which, uh, you know, stolen is a thing. Most is a, you know, these are all weasel words. Yeah, they are. Um, <clears throat> But her argument is she sort of is making the argument about even on her website, apparently says all images copyrighted, protected and registered. You know, it's unlawful to post, repost, copy or publish images from this website. And 
she's gone and does done like Google uh, reverse lookup, you know, the image lookup thing. Yes. And like yes. found her images all over the place. And she sues and sends invoices to people who are using her images. Uh, and it, it, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Um, apparently, there's some, some guy that they're talking about in this article, Andrew Paul Leonard, who uses scanning electron microscopes to photograph tiny objects, uh, shot, uh, got $1.6 million in damages after a direct sales company called Stemtech Health Services took his images and, uh, and used them. You know, what, like in a, in a publication? Yeah, or something? probably in a catalog or something like that. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. in an advertisement. Uh, and then a, a freelance photojournalist, Daniel Morell, uh, uh, you know, uh, sued, uh, said that uh, Getty and, uh, uh, how do you pronounce that? Egg, egg. Agence France Presse. Thank you. Presse. Use photos. Yeah, probably. Use photos that Morell had shot in the aftermath of the earthquake in Haiti and posted them to Twitter without asking, you know, and he was awarded $1.2 million, right? So if you fight these things legally, you for the creators generally win, right? We've kind of noticed this. Sure. Um, it's just sort of, you know, and it, it's like how, how much it's, it almost feels like, like, remember I had that, uh, somebody used my picture of Gina. It was a complex magazine. Somebody used a picture I took of Gina Trapani and like used it in some hottest women in tech thing or something right. without in me the asking. Right. Yeah. And without uh, asking you. Yeah. Without, without anything. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I just, I sent, the people in invoices, hey, you're you know you're using my image, whatever it is. Here's an invoice for I don't know, you know, six hundred bucks or whatever it is. And they were like, yeah, sorry about that. Like, we'll pay the invoice right now. Like, no questions asked, right? Because they know they're in the wrong. But it almost feels like they're just trying to get away with it because most people aren't going to notice. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just it's it's really interesting. And this article goes on and on about how this woman has to fight for her stuff. And I guess we all have to fight for our stuff. But then, you know, but then you go over to uh, the Radcliffe or whatever it is, and he just gives all his images away and theoretically oh, Trey, makes, his, Trey makes his money. How does he make his money? I guess doing workshops. Well, he does workshops. He's got apps. Uh, right. Okay. So he's making his money in non-direct photography ways. He's a level 28 mage. I don't know. Something. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's like, is this another example of... You know what? The world's changing. This girl is from another time. This woman, maybe arguably, you know what I mean? And maybe if she let go of her images a little bit, more people would notice her and she'd get hired for more new stuff where she could make her money. I'm just maybe. Playing, I'm playing, there, playing. Yeah. There's, there's no way to know. Right. Right. Yeah. And once you let the stuff out of the barn, then how do you ever get it back? You know, um, especially with somebody like her where she's doing, documentary like war images and stuff like that i mean how do you control that you know like one of her images that image that's up the top somewhere it says if that hits the ap you know it's going everywhere right yeah yeah here we uh she 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 uh yeah one of her pictures uh, i forget where it was in here yeah showed up like yeah here we go uh she discovered that her kosovo shots had gone viral boy in the field had gotten away 
and with him, what may have been $14,000. Well, I don't know where she's coming up with that number, but let's whatever. There were like 14 pages of it. She said, you know what? None of these Italian websites were going to pay her a thousand dollars for the image, but well, and that's, that's kind of the, the, the music industry, you know, like if you've downloaded one track, we're going to count that as a loss for the entire album. And that's exactly what this feels like. It it feels a little fuzzy math to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, she said they were all on Italian sites. So this is the thing I had to figure out. Oh my God, what happened? Panic set in. And then she looked at copyright law and the DCMA and she could send a removal request and all this kind of stuff stuff. And it was out of necessity, she says, that I had to become an expert on copyright law. You can't control all of it, but you can do as much as you can. So now uh, half of her job is just trying to track down people using her stuff illegally, it sounds like, you know, which is just, it's just sad that it's gotten to that, you know? Sure. I don't know. I don't know where this is. But anyway, interesting article, interesting read. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah taking pictures. Let us know what you guys think. Cause I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I come down in any of this. I'm getting to become an old weirdy, a weirdy. Uh, you know what? Let's, do you want to save this, this for next time? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. We were at, uh, where are we at here? We're at, uh, hour and 20 minutes. So we got like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this other, this other one here? The, the, the time 12- one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, tell me about this. Uh, interesting cool. article on Time Lightbox, uh, and the, the, the title of it is "How Twelve Exhibitions, Two Museums, and One Gallery Changed Photography Forever." I love this lithograph in the, the title image here of the the, the, the Crystal, Crystal Palace. Palace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny because um, uh, friends of my ex lived uh, in Crystal Palace, so I've walked through the park, but of course it's not there because it burned down. Uh, you know early in the century 1920s or 30s when did it burn down something like that um and uh but there there is still some stuff that they had moved there you know that's still in crystal palace park and it's still called the area is still called crystal palace even though the crystal palace isn't there anymore although it was moved there from whatever hyde park that it was originally but yeah totally cool they talk about uh, this a lot uh, in that uh capturing the light book that i read it's also the 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 uh the the Command center in war games. Remember that? Crystal Palace. Oh, yeah. Huh? Crystal Palace. This is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this article uh, talks about uh, a, a number of, of, of interesting things. One of them is this, this uh, exhibition called The Family of Man, Classic. which was uh, curated by Edward Steichen in, in 55. Arguably uh, the photo exhibition. That's what they're saying is this, this sort of said, okay, this is an art form. This is, this is not uh, snapshots of your family. Right, 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 right. Uh, so the, the 1955 photo show was curated by Edward Steichen, second director of the photo- of photography at the Museum of Modern Art. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Steichen's monumental exhibitions set a precedent that Morrow says can be traced through the remainder of the 20th century and came full circle in 2001 with the opening of Here is New York, A Democracy of Photographs. Interesting that, that this, this one show on many levels set the stage for what a photo show should be. Yeah, yeah. Single-handedly. Right. Although it's funny when, you know, they show him working on the little maquette and like the layout of it. Apparently it's still... Um, Family of Man is still on display somewhere. Oh, really? In Europe, I do believe. Um, I, I will look it up. 
but I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. Physical collection uh, was on display at Clairot Castle in Luxembourg. Uh, it closed in 2010 for renovation purposes, so maybe they're going to put it up again. But yeah, it was apparently the photographic collection is added to UNESCO's Memory of the World Register in recognition of its historical value. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, epic undertaking for MoMA's young photo department included 503 photographs by 273 photographers representing 68 different countries. Yeah. This, to me, I, I've been looking at a lot of, lately, a lot of photography from around the world. And, and admittedly, I have been somewhat myopic in, in my appreciation for photography. Yeah. Uh, and I've, yeah, in general. So I've been looking at at uh, Japanese photographers, Indonesian photographers, uh, 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 French photographers, and 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 you see a big difference between them. There's not a big difference, but there are aesthetic differences. Okay. There aren't so much compositional differences, but there are is it differences. subject matter, or is it actual- that's part of it? That's yeah. part of it. Okay. Um, it it's uh. It, it it makes me appreciate differences and similarities in cultures. Uh-huh. And now okay. I'm, I'm kind of going off on cultural tangents and looking things up just as a result of seeing them in photographs. Um, it, I, I, photography is just such a fascinating thing because yeah. it is, it is, it is art. It is craft. It is aesthetic. It is technical. It's just fascinating. Anyway, this is a really terrific article um, that uh, that you might like. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, you know, when you look at the pictures of the actual exhibition with the the uh, the Road to Victory picture, I guess it's number three out of ten, and everything's sort of on these placards that are either up on little sticks on the ends, like things aren't against walls. It right. looks it looks more like a um a display at a natural history museum than it does an yeah, art exhibit. Yeah, it's it's almost like a theater piece. Yeah. It? Yeah. It's very very different. Uh and you know, like probably laid out in Futura or something like that. Yeah. It's you know? yeah. <laughs> like, a great uh, shot of of Steichen and the maquette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, with his, with his arm like that. Yeah. He's just he's exhausted. He's like this is what a guy would look like looking at this. Oh, real hell. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Now, uh, I get very overwhelmed very quickly with imagery. Uh, th- this this exhibition, the Here is New York exhibition that they that they've got in this article with, you know, a thousand images or whatever it is. It's too much for me to concentrate on. I, I mean, how how big was Family of Man? How many was it? Uh, what was it? 500 images? Right. I, but Even yeah. that's too much for me. You know what, though? I feel like family... Mm, this is going to get me in trouble. Family of Man feels... Yeah, me, feel The imagery feels more cohesive than the Here's New York one. Like, the Here's New York one is, like, all over the place, scattered in subject matter and... Sure, sure. Far more than Family of Man, I feel like, at least the images I've seen that were in it. And maybe that's just time appropriate than the other. Well, you know what? Family man also contains tons of images that are now iconic in photography. You know, the migrant mother and all that kind of stuff is in there. Whereas uh, are, are there, are there many or any 
iconic images in here is New York. Right. There, there may be, but you know, at the time when it came out, there probably weren't, you know, mm-hmm. where a lot of the ones that were in family of man were images that were sort of already, you know, known images. And it was sort of, it was sort of collecting the best of the best in order to paint a picture that Steichen wanted to paint versus let's just take a bunch of pictures from New York in the aftermath of nine 11 to show that we're all one city. And here's 800 pictures and look at them, you know, uh, if you, th- that feels more like you're diving into a pool than getting taken on a journey. Right. 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 And that, okay. And so, you know, and I'm not, eh, you know, more, like I'm not waiting one better than the other, I guess. I'm just, it's interesting. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yep. Uh, so how did everyone do on uh, last week's assignment? Okay, wait. What do you? Oh, we got you, one more. No, no, no. Uh, what? what do you think of uh, the, the the assignment? So I didn't understand the one that you put there. I didn't understand what that meant. Oh, I, I was just, I, you know, you you had it blank the other night, and I yeah. was just like, I I just was I was trying to get more conceptual and just say, you know, giving a word that people could to could interpret any number of ways. But we can go with what you got. I was okay. just sticking one in there because you didn't have one. All right. Yeah, I just forgot. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. So. Uh, we, we, you know, we kind of did the shows, uh, back to back to back. So we've got two, um, we had, uh, mobile, which people love the mobile. Well, everyone's got a phone. I, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, here, what? I, hold on. I'm not logged in. Mm. Yeah. Good job. Oh. There's a Doris. Come on. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. I got, I got two-step verification. It's like that, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, we, hey. we had mobile and empty street. No, no, oh. no. Was it empty street? Or was empty no. street? Empty street was a few weeks ago. Ooh, yeah. Martin Bamsey put up it was a, a nice three-shot story. Oh, three-shot story. Right? Three-shot story and mobile. Uh, lots of great stuff for both. Yeah. I even did. I did both this time. Okay, good. I went to a little carnival. Which was cool. Um, Isn't your house a carnival? <laughs> no, it's a freak show. <laughs> uh, okay, wow. Andrew, coolest name, Cafe Fantastico. What a great name for a cafe. Uh, oh, I thought yeah. that was his last name. I was like, that's yeah, got to be fake. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Fantastico. Yeah. Um, lots of really great work on, on both mobile and, and three shot stories. Um, I, I like multiple shots. I'm, I'm kind of interested. For you, do you want it to be, because some people take it as multiple shots of sort of the same subject in the same way and giving some meaning that way, where in your example that you did at the thing, it's three very different pictures from. Uh, you know, one's black and white. Yeah. Uh, one, two of them have people in them. Two of them are in color. Two of them are rides. One of them is not like you. Yeah. You, do, is there one way you prefer? No, not at okay. all. I, I wanted to see how people interpret it. Okay. You know, some people t- took that very literally. Um, a guy, how would you pronounce his name? Uh, Desier? No. Desrosier? 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 Yeah, Guy, fantastic black and white series. Love it. Oh, with the bridges. Yeah, with the bridges and the ones, you know, way up high and then one's kind of down low. Silhouette. Love it. Yeah, love it. Love it. Down. Love it. Yep. 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 Um, you know, so I think one of the things that I'm that I'm really enjoying is the different interpretations. Um, yeah. 
and and yeah, fantastic stuff. It's fun. Uh, I like David Lawrence's mobile picture. It's nice. Yeah, swash. Serious uh, color in there. He must have added a lot of saturation. Yeah, really beautiful stuff. Good stuff. Um, So, so so what do we got for this week? This week, multiple exposure. Now you can do this in camera if you want. Uh, I know that that my my X Pro has the ability to do multiple exposures in camera. I have an app that does that. Do you? Yeah. Let me see what it is. Uh, Keep going. Sorry. So uh, multiple exposures, whether you want to do it in Photoshop or, or Pixelmator or blend cam, it's called. Oh, okay. It's a or, little or wonky on, on the iPhone, yeah. but, but, but yeah, on the phone it's, it's called blend cam. Uh, by the way, uh, Pixelmator was released for the iPad. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's pretty darn cool actually. Sure. It's I'm- really cool. Um, so you might want to check that out. It's five bucks. I think I'll have to get an iPad if you're into it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so it'll so, cost yeah. me four hundred and five dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, m- multiple exposure. Uh, Millie, come on, Millie. With my crappy iPhone five camera, it's not crappy. It's not the iPhone five camera is not crappy. Yeah. Oh wait, maybe hers is. It's got dust inside the lens. Okay, mine's kind of that way too. My my images from my phone now are getting kind of foggy. Okay, take it to the, I took my camera to the Apple store, my yeah. phone. I took it to the Apple store. They opened it up and cleaned it out for me free of How charge. How does stuff get like in it. there though? I don't know because the world's an imperfect. Speaking of which, uh, they now have the, the phone that I plan on buying in stock at the store. I was going to go buy Conrad. Well, we were going to go get Conrad one today. Uh Got to get one of those. Hey, uh, quick thing. Do you, uh, well, finish, finish our assignment. Wait, done? Well, uh, yeah, multiple exposure. So okay. put them up. Uh, love what you guys have been doing. I, I, I love this group and I love the commenting and people are supportive and, and it's great. 1,254 and people. Keep going. Keep going. Tell your friends. If you have ideas for assignments, let us know or uh, let Christopher Matheson know because he, he offered to, uh, keep to take to keep track and, and to, to kind of admin and manage the whole assignment thing. So bug Christopher Matheson about it. Good. Um, or, or us at podcast and on taking pictures.com. Excellent. What, what, now what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Uh, I was, I was going to say, uh, uh, did, did you order yourself a five K iMac or not? No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the thing is, you know, what is it? 2,500 bucks base, but like, you know, put, put a bunch of Ram in it, get more, more You're SSD. You got an external Raider. You're at four grand easy. Yeah. Uh, my configuration was like 30, 34 something. Yeah. But uh, faster than the Mac Pro. Yep. Well, uh, you know what? The thing is, like, some things. our computers are as fast or faster than the Mac Pro for most photo stuff doesn't use a lot of cores. So, yeah. so, you know, a really fast quad core processor is fine for photo stuff because Lightroom isn't very good at. At, at, at using all the cores and stuff. So like four, maybe six is like more than you'd ever need for photo stuff, at least in the current generation. But that's a nice looking machine. It if, is. Nice. If I had four grand to blow and you know, I needed a new machine right now and I'd already didn't have sort of a high DPI display. I'd get one. Uh, friend of I mine probably still wouldn't. Okay. Because that computer is going to, become obsolete before the display goes out and you cannot use 
the new iMac as an external display. Right. So you, you, so what you're saying is you would still buy, you would buy a 5K monitor if it was an option with yes. you know current display technologies and, and display port technologies and get like a Mac Pro or a Hackadosh or whatever it is and then keep the monitor over five, six years. Yes. The thing is that like my computer now, my Ivy Bridge whatever with 3770K with 32 gigs of RAM, like there's... That computer is maybe four percent, five, eight percent faster. You know what okay. I mean? Like the, the, the other, so you get into this thing where it's like you could actually con- conceivably keep a computer for four or five years nowadays, where you couldn't ten years ago. The other issue is the video. Car- I, I dual boot because yeah. I, I I game. Yeah. So I use my PC boot partition, or actually, it's another drive. Right. Uh, I boot into Windows for gaming, and the video card on the new iMac is no bueno for oh, gaming. It's, well, it's- better than your current one it's like a it's like a 270 x or whatever it is it's better than my current one you're yes. saying it's it's not enough to run 5k gaming uh it's it and, and it's there's no future proofing there well because you can't pull out the video card yeah sure right right which is the, you know what even the new mac mini they've now soldered in the ram so you can't upgrade the I ram know. in a mac mini like what do you do in apple you have the design it already had sockets why take the sockets out yeah. You know, that's like a jerk move. They do lots of that stuff. That's like, come on. Yeah. Um, you don't, we don't really need it lighter and smaller and thinner. Thanks. I guess maybe it cuts down on support calls or something, but it just, it feels like you really need to spend a lot of money on a new machine. Cause you need to know that it's got everything you could possibly want for the next three or four years. Right. You know? And I get, although do you see all these people selling their Mac pros to get the new iMac? No. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of like, uh, like who's the, who's the Marco Arment and all those guys. Oh, really? Yeah. They're all like, yeah, I'm really sad that I bought this Mac pro. Cause now basically, you know, they're just like, this does everything I need it to do. And it's got this great display. And it's got the screen. Yeah. Although, you know what? Still one thing about the display, the whole glossy display thing. I'm in a room with windows on both sides that I can block up or whatever it is. But like, it's still glare is a little bit of a problem. Even on my matte screen that would be a problem on for me. Like the gloss, yeah. I know. I mean, the blacks look great and everything like that, but just the reflections. Would, what, would uh, problem. what is the, the surface on the Dell? It's the Dell five K. Is I, it matte? It's probably okay. matte. Cause I mean, this one, the one I have is matte. And then there's also the question of, I mean, not to, I mean, modern display, modern IPS displays, even like the one on the iMac and even good, like your average Dell. Um, uh, what, what are the, what are the, like the high ultra sharp, you know, like any oh, of the sure, IPS sure. Yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. Like any of these displays with a calibrator are good. The really good displays theoretically have internal lookup tables at yep. a higher bit rate. And so there are still advantages to getting a high-end monitor, external monitor. You know what I mean? For for photo work. What now the 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 cavern, the 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 space between your average IPS monitor and these high-end photo displays five, eight years ago was huge, and you wanted the high-end one. But I'm sure this, you know, a nice iMac with with the 27 inch display, Retina or not, with a nice calibrator is going to get you really close. I so, I would rather, you know, I I'm sure well, 4K looks great. Yeah. But games aren't in 4K. Right. Well, and yeah. I would rather build a really nice gaming rig. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and like right, I don't game. I just want stuff to look good. You know. Yeah. That Dell one, they say originally they were saying twenty nine ninety nine, and everyone's like, "Well, look, you can get the Apple one for five hundred dollars less, and it comes with the whole computer." Uh, you know what? 
Dell stuff never sells what they for what they say they're suggested. You know, my suggested real price on my monitor was fifteen hundred the day it came out. I bought it for eleven hundred. Now they go for six something. So that one will probably be available for fifteen hundred dollars in a matter of weeks. You know, when it comes after it comes out, right? And so I just want to figure out how the hell they're going to connect it. I got multiple display ports. I you know I don't know how they're going to do it. Anyway, enough of the techie dorky stuff. Uh, techie dorky. Miller Mobley, huh? If, I like if, his work. If, Good kid. If you had a uh, if you had a soccer team, that's what they would It'd be, be called. Techie Dorky, the, the Techie Dorky. <laughs> nice. Actually, I'm really enjoying a show on Netflix right now called Peaky Blinders. Is that a British show? Yeah, sounds like a British show. It's about a 19th century gang in Birmingham. Of course, it is. It's good. Cillian Murphy, Sam Neill. Come on, Cillian Murphy. He's a weird looking dude. He always freaks me out you think? a little bit. Oh, I think he's really weird looking. He's the guy who plays the Scarecrow in the 28 Days Later. That guy? Yes. Yeah, yeah that guy. He's weird looking to me. I, th- I, I always, I, he's I got a very like, like serious cut cheekbones and stuff. Just like, I don't know. He looks he's a great alien in this, to me. In this role. Yeah, he's great. He's a good actor. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Anyway, uh, yes, Miller Mobley. Uh, you know, I... I uh, <sighs> I love Miller Mobley's work. Oh, I got, I'm work. just going to say it. He's I'm good. just going to say it. I, it. Between him and and I, I'd have to see a cage match between him and John Keatley. Uh, yeah, very similar way. To see about who them. who would uh, who would. But yeah, I absolutely love this guy, Miller Mobley. Uh, I I think he's what is he 25? Yeah, he's young punk bastard. Yeah. Uh, but really, really fantastic yeah. work and. Uh, one of the things that I think, I really, I think it takes a lot from, uh, from Dan Winters in, in, I, I in could some see of that. The, some, like the one of Philip Seymour Hoffman is very Dan Winters. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, no, no. Continue. Yeah. The, the Philip Seymour Hoffman one. Absolutely. Uh, he, he, one of the things I like about his portfolio is there's different stuff going on. He's doing different types of lighting. He's doing different setups. He's doing, you know, uh, different visual things, but it all still looks like him. Yep. Uh, the stuff that he's doing with Kevin Spacey is fantastic, both in studio and on location. I I'd love- like to see his files before he does post. Cause a lot of these have a lot of posts done to them. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to see what they look like out of camera too, you know, just for my own yeah. interest. Yeah. Uh, terrific shot of Walken. Yep. Um, he's one of those guys who, who is, is very good at using, uh, strobes with environmental light, uh, like a mixture of the two to, yeah. go, to great effect. Um, his portraits are, I, I, I think are just incredible. Yep. They're fantastic. Um, and, and makes it look easy. Yep. Uh, does a lot with Oliphant backdrops. Can't go wrong with Oliphant backdrops. Yeah. Hey, dude, just as an aside, do they sell those or do you just rent them? Uh, both. Okay. You can buy them or you can rent them. They're actually not that expensive to buy. I mean, they're a couple thousand dollars, say for like a medium, like a small, medium sized one. But like, if you were going to have it and have it for years and have it be like your background, you know, then that's fine. What What is for it? Magazines. About, they, they rent a lot of them. What is it about this work? Why do I like this? Uh, it's very clean. Uh, yeah. it is very, uh, uh, to me, like his reenactors portraits are just beautiful. They, they also feel, um, 
they're 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 stylized without feeling stylized maybe that's it. yeah yeah he's got a style to him but yeah it doesn't feel like i said earlier it, it looks effortless to me it doesn't look like he's trying to go for something right yeah it looks like his his style just sort of emerges and he shoots a ton of pictures does he yeah he's you, always shooting oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah he's uh, uh yeah he's yeah. good the reenactors i love black belt is terrific uh there's one a series called barbecue alabama that is amazing i saw I mean, the movie. it just that's the one with reese witherspoon in it right what no <laughs> <laughs> reese you, know, witherspoon. you know what i could go for right now laura jean poon i could, I could go for some barbecue Mm, rib sandwich, $9. That sounds good. Barbecue would be good. Uh, hey, a uh, 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 few more days and uh, cheesesteak. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so what's, the, what's, the, what's the plan? Okay, well, let's finish up with Miller. Okay. All right, what do you got to um, say? So there, we'll put a, a link to his site in, in the show notes as well as uh, um, uh, an interview with him from uh, Alabama Magazine or Alabama.com. Okay. Because yep, uh, he is from the show notes. Alabama, uh, Alabama, which I, I would love to talk to him. Actually, I, I I'll give him a call. I really I lived in in Montgomery, Alabama for a year, and I really enjoyed it. People are wonderful. Food is terrific. Uh, it, it was a, a really good year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Miller Mobley does a lot of celebs. Yep. Does a lot of uh, non celebs. I mean, he's just. Advertising, editorial, he's all over the place. He's a fancy He's all over. He is. He's everywhere. I guess I when we did him before, but I guess we haven't. I don't think so. I we've talked about him before. All right, well, we'll put it in. Yeah. It's a good choice. Although Usher on a gold segue, come on, Usher. (laughs) He probably actually owns it. He probably does. What's the the meetup in Philly? There are like 14 people going there. Um all right, so 2 p.m. Philadelphia Museum of Art. Or actually 1 p.m. I'm sorry. Scratch all that. 1 p.m. A Philadelphia Museum of Art on Sunday, this Sunday, November second. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So we'll meet. We'll meet out front, uh, the the main entrance, which is uh, the east entrance. Actually, I, I might be there early with with uh, Freddie. Okay. So are you gonna are you gonna run up Frederick. the stairs? Ooh, could I do that? Yeah. The rocky stairs. Yeah. In fact, I I ran up them and and, and did a little video of myself. Like a what is wait? This? Is the statue really still there, or is it gone? It's not on the top of the steps now. It's down next to the steps at the bottom. But yeah, it's still there. You're not going to take your picture with one of those, are you? Hey fool! Hey fool! Don't come to the OTP meetup. That's too much. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Uh, It'll be fun. So everyone, come on out. It'll be a good time. And hey, uh, what? Uh, what do you what do you think about doing a live show down there? No, 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 no. Not that. Oh, not, in not general, like you and I, Yeah. There's a there's a thing called Mixler. I haven't tried it, but okay, you, it's a phone thing. It's a it's a no. It's a software thing. Right. And it it does just like we're we're doing now. What you know, you on one, me on another. Yeah. And, but it, but it broadcasts live. Oh oh oh! You mean like broadcasting it, like doing our show and broadcasting it live? Yeah, and it you also know, records the backup, so then you could still put it up as a show. Well, we uh, we should look into that. I mean, we can also. I think I don't think anybody else records when we record. I think we could talk to Dan and Hattie and actually just connect to their Skype and go out over the live five by five feed. 
Would you guys like a live show? Yeah, will anybody listen? But then we're going to have people like commenting while we're doing stuff. Is that good or bad? Well, it could be like a Q&A show. Yeah, you know? I guess you could, could do be that. like yeah. a like yeah. a, a you know, OT, Don't we have to have a, like, a chat room. Hash, hashtag #OTP live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be kind of fun. Hashtag #OT me. What? No. <laughs> OTU. <laughs> All right, can I go get a Chipotle chicken sandwich now? Is that what you're going to do? I'm at, hung, no, I'm at the starving. diner. Not which, at Chipotle. Which no, at at the diner. But you know, it's it seems terrible getting any sort of thing that's Chipotle or anything when I just got back from New Mexico. Man, I had some good food in Santa Fe. I bet you did. Oh, La Choza, this restaurant was so good we went twice. Did you did you go see David Marks? You didn't, uh, did you? I did actually. You you saw David? Yes. Nice. Wait, do we know David Marks? I know David Marks. You know him. Yes. I was in his gallery. I shook his hand, talked to him. Yeah, he's terrific. Wait, how do you know him? From uh, he's friends with Randy Keppel. Ah, I should have said something. Yes, I, I didn't told realize. You. I said, Go see David Marsh. I forgot about that. His I did. We went in and we be called the Adobe Photoshop. Oh, that's the guy. Yes, and then yeah, he yeah. changed it to the we R. Went David in there. I was I was chatting with him. And, and the did whole you meet thing. his wife, Wyola? Uh, no, just him. Uh, wonderful work. Yeah, really terrific uh, stuff. I don't, he's, he, a, he's a yeah, good guy. Yeah, good guy. Yes, I I did meet him actually. In fact, how I, funny! I, I meant to send him an email. I, hey, I got his card. Uh, why is he listen? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Probably not. He's pretty fancy. Uh, all right. We done with this thing or are we, we going more? <laughs> I think we're okay. Okay. What do you want to just keep talking? I was going to say, we're, we're going <laughs> off the rails. Okay. So Sunday, 1 p.m. outside the Philadelphia Museum of Art, main entrance on the east side. I, I think know. makes the most sense. I don't know. I'll be with the, uh, I don't know. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and we will be there and you guys should be there too. And we're going to have fun. It could be fun, right? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Photos and whatnot. Yeah. And, are you uh, actually going to bring a camera? Nah. Actually, I was, I was going to bring a, a, a Leica. It's because I got the Leica back from Cisco, so you can play with it. Leica. Do you also want the Hasselblad? Because I will. I Leica too. that. <laughs> yeah. Do you need both? No, just the Leica's fine. You sure. What am I fancy when I have like five cameras around my neck? All right. What am uh, I a tourist? We'll, <laughs> we'll see you all on Sunday. Wait, podcast at OnTakingPictures.com. Oh, yeah. Bill tweets at Bill Wadman. I tweet Jeffrey Sidoris. Uh, and and more next week. We'll have to figure out how we're going to record too. Yeah, but we'll figure that out offline. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. You got. You guys are the best. Say, will he?